What's going on, guys? It's <clears throat> oh, I just had a voice crack. Give me a sec. What's going on, guys? It's Fancy Stock Exchange here, and today we'll be bringing you the part two of the Dynasty decisions for this week. You guys would have already seen yesterday's episode. Well, today's going to be the second part of that because we had a ton of interest, a ton of submissions to get featured on Dynasty Decisions. Before that, as always, Corey, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. I believe we're actually releasing this two days after. So it, instead uh, of yesterday's, it'll be yeah, two days ago. Yeah. But yes, episode 38, nonetheless, you guys know the drill. If you want to be part of future episodes, you can submit questions to us on Patreon, which is the easiest way to do it and the most preferred way because uh, they get first priority. And if you have other questions and you can't sign up on Patreon, you can hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up in the Discord. Link is in the description for both of those things. Uh, and we'll get you on for future episodes. Could be trade questions. Could be your whole team. What should I do? Contending, rebuilding, et cetera. What should I do with my rookie picks? All that is included in Dynasty Decisions. Any decision relating to Dynasty, we will answer for you. Amen. We got to trademark that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, with that being said, before we get into the first team, as always, we're going to hit that damn intro. So yeah, we're going to get into the first team. That's going to be Scott from over on Patreon. And you guys can see this is a 10-team half PPR league with two quarterbacks and two tight ends. So he basically mentions uh, before obviously submitting his team that he recently traded Herbert for a nice haul because he desperately needed assets. Can you evaluate the trade that he made and let me know what your advice is for using my draft picks this year? And also outlines that his picks this year are as follows. The 107, the 108, the 205, the 207, and the 301. So when looking at this team, when looking at, you know, the overall structure, the overall layout, what immediately sticks out to you? Yeah, I mean, he said he needed a lot of assets because he he didn't have a whole lot, which is why he made the Herbert trade. And I mean, it makes sense. In a two quarterback league, he yep. really only had, you know, Justin Herbert to build around. The one thing I will say is like when you're trading a superstar like Justin Herbert, I probably would have wanted a little bit more. And we can kind of just get right into the trade right now. You get. Zach Wilson, who we're both, you know, excited about 107, 108, and he says 15, which I'm assuming is his 205 because it's a 10 team league. Yep. I personally, to move off of Justin Herbert, I need a lot, man. Like yeah. I need in a two quarterback league, Justin Herbert has a lot, a lot, a lot of value. So I probably would have needed higher first round picks. If you, if you got Zach Wilson, the 102 and the 105 and, and 205, that might be a little bit more fair in my opinion. Yeah, or if you substituted out the 205 for a projected mid-2023 first, I thought that would have been a little more appropriate. Um, obviously, again, we're, we're higher on Zach Wilson, so um, it's not as you know big of a loss as some content creators might say. But either way, yeah, if I'm moving Herbert, I mean, he's locked and loaded value insulation-wise as a top three overall asset in Superflex. I mean, this is a two-quarterback, so it may, I mean can't get much higher than that already but it just kind of goes to show that the value would be even more so i would have rather you know the first round pick opposed to the 15th but i mean the trade is made you still got a bunch of young quality appreciating assets in this deal as well and uh i mean zach wilson if he ends up being a, a top 10 quarterback by this time next year you're not going to be too mad about it yeah, for sure. And he said his first in 2023, and this is why I kind of lean towards more of keeping Herbert. He said his first in 2023 will lend itself to being the 101, which again, if you're going to get another 101 caliber quarterback to fill out this quarterback core, you know, having, you know, Stroud and Herbert versus Wilson and Herbert, plus, you know, whatever receivers you get at 107, 108, to me, it's just a more appealing way of rebuilding because then you're getting those stud locked and loaded assets 
going forward. So he basically says, what should I do with my first and second round picks this year? 107, 108, 205, 207, and 301 overall. So overall, looking at his team, it looks like he's got pretty good receivers. He's got Higgins, Devontae Smith, Michael Pittman Jr., Rashad Bateman. Nothing really at running back, not a lot at quarterback, and not a lot at tight end. So where are you looking uh, with these picks here? I mean, as I'll always say, your draft picks are not to fill out your starting lineup. If 107, you're staring down, you know, Jamison Williams versus a third round Isaiah Spiller. Like, take the first round draft capital wide receiver at this point. If you're at that 205, let's just say, and you're looking at, you know, best receiver available, let's just say at that point, you know, let's shoot. I doubt Sky Moore is going to make it there, but it might be somebody, David Bell or something like David that. David Bell. I mean, maybe, maybe Pickens falls like that, that type of range type of receiver versus, you know, a fourth, fifth round running back. Clearly you go wide receiver. So overall, for the most part, the best player available at each of those picks should most likely be a wide receiver. Again, I wouldn't also be opposed to at that 205, getting a guy like Desmond Ritter, getting a guy like Matt Corral pending their draft capital. If they made it there, like that would be the direction I would be looking for. But ultimately here, the main philosophy, especially when you're in a productive struggle, the way you are in. Just keep collecting talent, man. Keep building it out. Like, who cares? I mean, you you have Higgins, Pitt, uh, Pittman, Smith, Bateman. Like, you you clearly have a good, young, appreciating wide receiver core. But, man, if you have to add three, four, five receivers, you name it, like, just build out the depth, baby. I don't, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I think the one thing I'd be looking to do for sure is that 107, 108, if Pickett, if Ritter, if, you know, some of these quarterbacks get good draft capital, you yeah. could either, A, take them if you like those guys, or B, try and trade that, you know, prospect away to uh, a opposing team that needs a quarterback because it's a two quarterback league. I'm sure everybody's really high on quarterbacks and in a two tight end league too. I don't know if anybody's gonna be taking McBride at 108, but like if that's somehow where he's going, because that's what your league uh, market is dictating, then again, continue to stack capital next year because I mean, you don't have a lot of capital next year. You just have your first round pick, which you expect to be very high. Um, If you can acquire some more first round capital in 2023's class, that would be something I would be looking to do. Um, But it looks like you're going to be in this one for a couple of years for sure. For sure. And uh, the one thing I will add to is, yeah, like if, if Desmond Ritter goes, you know, 20th overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I actually tweeted this out uh, today, but it was basically a Ryan McDowell tweet that he said, if you could know the draft capital and landing spot for any of these oncoming rookies, who would it be? I mean, the answer to me is simple. It's any of those quarterbacks. If any of those quarterbacks, let's just say, let's name Desmond Ritter right now in particular. Like if Desmond Ritter goes 20th overall, lands in a situation like Pittsburgh, He's probably worth that 107. I'm going to be completely honest. From athletic profile, from expected draft capital, from insulation in terms of being in that type of franchise that we know has been competent in the past and will continue to be competent. Like Desmond Ritter's worth the 107 if he's on the Steelers at 20th overall. Yeah, he definitely is. And if if you don't want to take him there, then I'm sure someone in your league will want to. And you can probably get their 2023 first and maybe even more on top of that. So. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, patron team, which is uh, Ernest. Uh, he has a number of trades that he made here. Um, so he just wants us to review his trades by the looks of it. He has uh, a trade that he made at the deadline last year. He sent away uh, Tom Brady, Cortland Sutton, and the 306. And in exchange, got DJ Moore, the 107, and Jarek McKinnon, who he dropped a few weeks later. So Beautiful. just a throw in Jarek McKinnon. But either way, uh, had Brady retired, this would have looked like an absolute fleece. But either way, even with Brady back, this is a phenomenal move. He basically says the main reason why he did this was that he wanted to cash in on Brady before it was too late, and he needed a young stud wide receiver with Ridley out for the year. Well, I mean, this is the definition of cashing in. I mean, realistically, you got the two best assets in the deal, in my opinion. Like, yes, even in a super flex, two quarterback league, whatever you name it, like a 44-year-old Tom Brady 
is not more valuable than DJ Moore is not more valuable than the 107. And I mean, if we're comparing Cortland Sutton right there, I mean, Cortland Sutton. Probably the 107 is exactly how I'd value him. Yeah, maybe. Like, I would probably rather slightly the 107 at this point. And Cortland Sutton in the 3-6 is the 107. Yeah, let's just say that. So, I mean, realistically, you got DJ Moore for Tom Brady. Yeah, Yeah. which is exactly uh, a (laughs) woodshed type of deal. So, he says his next trade here, uh, an off-season trade that he made, so probably shortly after the season. He sent away Amon Ross St. Brown, Brevin Jordan, his 106, his 206, and his 2023 first. Now, uh, he didn't actually send his roster, I don't think. Or he did send his roster. So, we do have a team that is, you know, pretty well stocked up to like be competitive, but probably not like a favorite in his league. So that one Oh six or that first next year, probably mid to late, if I had to guess. Um, but in exchange for that, he got Trey Lance, JK Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Dearness Johnson and Hunter long. So looking at the main pieces of this deal, how do you value? Let's start with Trey Lance because he's the most valuable guy in this trade. How do we balance out his value versus what he gave up? If I'm going to be completely honest, we're probably on 106 at, in the third and the first. Is that equal to Trey Lance for you? Uh, well, I mean, I, I was going to say personally, like every part of that package he sent apart from Amonra would probably be Lance for me, like at least. So, like, Brevin Jordan, the 106, 206, and his 2023 yeah. first. I don't even know if I'd give up Lance for that, uh, for but, that package. So, yeah, like, but, but like, I, that's what either I mean. Either way, right? I think when you added yeah. Dobbins and, the, yeah. and Edwards as a backup and some other pieces there, yeah, I think you did. Uh, a good job here. He said he needed another quarterback and he wanted him to be younger. I think that's a great move. Now yeah. you have, you know, Phenomenal. Joe Burrow and Trey Lance and you guys can and, see uh, the team on the screen there as well. And I'll quickly make a claim. In my opinion, like, can, can you contextually overpay for quarterbacks? Yeah, sure. But at the end of the day here, as we know, top level elite ceiling quarterbacks are currency and dynasty. Like you, if you have one of those pieces, I mean, and I think Trey Lance can end up developing into the next, you know, Herbert, Allen, Mahomes level type of quarterback again. Real life, maybe not, but from a fantasy perspective, top three value or draft installation with elite Konami codeability. Like range of outcomes, he can be, you know, Kyler, Lamar, Mahomes, Herbert, et cetera, you name it. So the fact that you're getting that without having to completely overpay, which is usually what you see when you see these quarterbacks exchanged, like absolutely love your side here. Like we could be looking at Trey Lance next year as a locked and loaded top seven startup pick. And even now he's a top 15 pick. Yeah. So um, you're already getting that uh, value back Absolutely. if you wanted to move off of Trey Lance even as well. So another offseason deal that he made, he sent away Nick Chubb, gets Brandon Cooks in the 112. Great Perfect. move. Uh, great <laughs> great move. move. I, yeah. Nick Chubb for the 112, I think is is probably fair value. I probably would prefer Nick Chubb if I'm a contender, prefer the 112 if I'm rebuilding. Um, but he needed another wide receiver. And I think Brandon Cooks is just such a good target to go get if you're looking for a win now type of receiver, because Brandon cooks is a guy that you can probably get for an early to mid second right now, if you're um, a contender and Brandon cooks is going to give you a lot of value in the, you know, two seasons or whatever that he re-signed with the Houston Texans. You got, um, he said he needed another wide receiver. The reason that he did it had depth at running back with Taylor and acres and Dobbins. So he didn't really need Nick Chubb anymore. And then obviously there's a bonus of you getting younger at that position as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a no brainer to me. You already have, insane depth at, uh, at running back here with Taylor Akers and Dobbins. You need another wide receiver. And I mean, we know Brandon cooks when he's healthy, he's at minimum, what a top 25 to 30 at minimum redraft wide receiver. So you're yeah, getting, yeah, I would say redraft wise. That's probably so, the range he's going to fit so into. You're getting that instant production. You're moving off a 27 year old running back with past game limitations and also getting the one twelve to insulate some youth into your, um, 
team like no-brainer move absolutely love this deal for you and overall he kind of gives us the outline but in 2022 he has the 17 112 and the 406 and then his picks next year has all of them apart from his 2023 first which he moved in that trey lance deal yeah so his questions overall were thoughts on the deals kind of just gave those um what are his needs uh remaining i think in he, basically he's trying to evaluate his own needs GB3. he said i need in the following order Another wide receiver because he has DJ Moore and Brandon yeah. Cooks, and then a lot of question marks after that with Calvin Ridley's you know situation up in the air and stuff. Uh, then he also says um, probably needs a second wide receiver, a third quarterback behind Burrow and Lance, and he needs tight end depth aside from you know Fant and Gasicki. Honestly, I don't think tight end depth is yeah. really a need for you. I think you're probably fine with those guys. If you wanted to have a high end tight end, then that'd probably be what I would say. But Fant, Gasicki, Hunter Long, Tommy Tremble, I don't think that's a terrible tight end core. I think you can get by with that. So I would agree that wide receiver and quarterback are your biggest yeah. needs. Thankfully, at 107 and 112, you're probably going to get a decent third quarterback or a good wide receiver. So yeah. um, at 107, if you can get, you know, Jameson Williams there or something like that. And then at 112, maybe Matt Corral or Sam Howell or uh, Desmond Ritter. Ritter sneaks into yeah. the back of the first round or their early second round picks and they go to a great landing spot. The 112 is more than worth a pick like that as well. So. This year, I think you're, you're well set up for what you need for your roster, the, the strength of the draft. And if if you don't have a quarterback available on the board, don't force it. I wouldn't you know, reach on a quarterback at 112 if nobody's worthy of that pick. If you have to take Jamison Williams and Jahan Dotson, 107 and 112, go ahead and do that. Yeah, and I mean, worst case scenario, I mean, realistically, because you have something, you know, I'm not going to say promising because they're not like promising players, but... You have some name value in terms of your depth at running back. You know, obviously, you know, if Gus Edwards, Ronald Jones, uh, Kenyon Drake, something like that, like if an injury basically ended up happening, obviously with, with Dobbins you have, or with Edwards you have Dobbins, so that would be a little less. But in terms of Ronald Jones, Kenyon Drake, Dearness Johnson. You could like, package a couple of those guys and get a makeshift third quarterback potentially, like more wide receiver. Mariota if you wanted to. Yeah, or a wide receiver. I, I think like an underappreciated you know, older wide receiver that can produce wide receiver two like, type of You could probably flip Dearness Johnson right now for like Kenny Galladay and just take the shot on him. Yeah. I mean, something, something like that. You might have to package me, you know, like a future third or something. But I mean, even if like go, go get it done with the status of your team. Overall, though, 107, 112, any type of combination, whether you want two wide receivers, quarterback and wide receiver, pending value, you name it. Uh, you're in a very good position here. So overall, we can move off. Of uh, he's got two more questions. Oh, Let's just speak through these. Yeah, he says, it. where do I go at 107 and 112? We kind of said, he said yeah. double wide receiver. I would say probably wide receiver is the smart move. He said, do I grab McBride at 112? No. I don't think McBride moves the needle enough as a prospect no. to go over Fant or Gasicki. So I probably wouldn't. Quarterback at 112 is more likely where I'm going. And then uh, basically any other advice. So we talked about his team for quite a while. So let's uh, move on to the next one here. Yep. Big Al, he uh, he reached out to you. So I'll let you read off his team. Yeah, for sure. So I'll just quickly read the message that I got. Uh, big shout out. Big Al uh, was in our redraft league this past season. He says, hey, Danny, I made a couple trades this offseason since the last time I submitted for Dynasty Decisions. I have them in the league rules in the Excel sheet. Obviously, he mentions that. So he says here that the question he has is, what to do to get a better wide receiver three and what to do with his 102. A trade that I am in the talks with is Knox and DK to the Josh Allen owner for Kittle and possibly a first rounder. So that may be something I'm looking for. Hopefully I can get my team on DD soon. So in terms of that trade, you would be sending Knox and DK to the Josh Allen owner in exchange for Kittle on a first. Like I am taking that. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that straight up. I mean, realistically Knox he is very, very 
nerve wracking to say the least if you have him as a dynasty asset because he made a lot of his hey he made a lot of his money last year obviously with a super super high touchdown rate as opposed to elite type of volume so i do think he's one of the bigger sells in dynasty right now if you can move off of Knox um to get a guy like kittle obviously losing dk hurts but realistically i mean the 2023 first is already going to supplement value there because i mean realistically if we're looking at it kittle on a first from a pure value insulation standpoint is ahead of Knox and dk in my opinion so overall like I would prefer the kid on first side. Yeah. I mean, DK is worth a lot to me, so I don't want to say it's like, I love DK, but like, yeah, um, but yeah, I agree. Any like middling tier tight end like Knox is, yeah. is, is pretty much always going to be a big time risk to acquire in dynasty. What I'm more so looking to do most of the time is predict that guy for the next season rather than buy last year's production, which what we got from Dawson Knox, I would rather take the risks on, Cole Komet and Irv Smith and Noah Fant and guys like that who haven't shown that yet and grab a couple of those guys for a cheaper price than go out and acquire a Dawson Knox or a Dalton Schultz or somebody who did it last year that I'm hoping can continue to do it because I think it's less likely that they continue that rather than me being able to predict a couple guys uh, to do it what Dawson Knox did this past year. The one thing I will also say is I noticed on the team you have Debo. Maybe that person values Debo higher. Maybe you can get Kittle a first and maybe an early second if you change DK into Debo. And at that point, I mean, they're in the same tier for me. If you can extract even that little bit of value on the Kittle side, like I would be interested in seeing what I can get for that. Right, right. Yeah, that's not a bad move either. He he basically said, I don't know if we talked about his league rules, but it's a 10-team super flex. It's like weighted PPR, so half PPR for running backs, full PPR for wide receivers, and a tight end premium. So in a tight end premium, you yeah. got George Kittle's very, very valuable in that kind of yeah. format. So uh, you love to see that. Um, he also has some other trades that we can talk about real quick. Um, yeah. He has some, you know, some defensive players in this. So we'll try our best to to talk yeah. about these with uh, DeForest Buckner and Aziz Alshair. Like, I, I don't even know who that is. Like, I've heard the name, but I don't even really know who that is. And then you get Brandon Cooks out of this deal. I don't, again, I don't know how much DeForest Buckner is worth in this kind of format, but Brandon Cooks, I think, is probably worth that package. Yeah, I mean, I, I he he ended up actually giving the cook side, but like either way, like I I, I don't have much to comment on here because who knows? Maybe DeForest Buckner is the best IDL in your league. I mean, other than Aaron Donald, obviously. So I don't know relative defensive value, but it looks pretty fair contextually. Oh, he got the uh, Buckner side. Yeah, maybe yeah. Buckner's worth that. Yeah. I have no idea. So let's just like move off of this because we don't know what we're talking but about. The next here. deal, like uh, yeah. So then? you got Debo Samuel and the one hundred and two for Devonte Adams. Yeah, like I which I think you. He definitely took care of business there. Debo I mean, Samuel versus Devontae Adams is a conversation straight yeah. up. Like it, I, most people I would I say would probably rather have Debo Samuel. So I think I have um, one spot higher. Like, yeah, like they're right in the same area for me. So the fact that you get a premium draft, uh, draft pick, like the one Oh two on top of it is, is definitely good news. And you, you have a chance to now add, you know, Malik Willis to your team, or you want to go uh, shop that pick, or you want to just take, you know, a running back or wide receiver with that pick, then you could definitely do something like that. Look at the draft question. Look who is expected to be at that 102. Take a look. Do you uh, see it? I see if Brees goes the bottom of the screen. Yeah, if Brees goes 101, do I get Malik as my QB3 or London there? It's probably going to be Brees at the 102, but should I pass to get London? So basically, oh. he's saying he expects Willis to go one. Brees yeah. should be available. No, if if you get Brees, you take Brees. That's you that's take you, do. you don't take you don't take London over Brees. As much as I like London, and he has a higher grade for me. Like Brees has. Um, you know, it's a top 50 draft capital running back. Who's like a second round talent in this draft. Yeah. He's going to get a big workload. So I'm going to take the running back there, I mean, especially with your team. You, you can compete with this team. So, 
Um, and, I would definitely add uh, Brees Hall to that. Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, and Brees Hall can carry this team, yeah. let alone you have Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers who are, and Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, and all these dudes. So, uh, yeah, that'd be what I'd be looking to do. Yeah, and he, he does say if Brees does go on 101, he said he expects Brees to be there on 102, but if he goes 101, I mean, to me, it's a top two tier. Like, if Malik Willis gets the requisite draft capital, like, especially because you have Rodgers, who's an aging quarterback, getting yeah. another young upside type of quarterback three to pair with Herbert for the long term is the direction I would go. Yeah. And if you don't take Willis, I'm probably going to trade that pick. Like that's, yeah, that's the two directions I'm going. I'm either taking Willis or I'm probably going to trade down if I need to, or trade for a future pick or something like that. So uh, let's move off of uh big Al's team. One final thing. The so. final thing he says is if I am looking for a package for one two, what should I be looking to deal? If you can get, you know, a package, you mentioned uh, you're not hundred percent sold on Malik. Cause you, you mentioned London as potentially being an option there. If you can trade down to 105, pick up a 2023 first, which may be available, especially I'd probably be looking for another wide receiver in a deal if you can, because you have you have Debo and Metcalf, but like not a whole lot else after that. So if you can get, you know, the 105 and Brandon Cooks or the 105 and, you know, a receiver that's really going to help you, I guess you traded away Brandon Cooks. So maybe you're not looking for him, but like (laughs) a a receiver that's going to help you. So let's say you can get, uh, what'd you say? Alan Robinson. Yeah, yeah. If you can get the 105 and Allen Robinson for the 102 and, and get a, get yourself a young wide receiver like Garrett Wilson or Drake London or Traylon Burks and add another wide receiver that's going to help you this year, then I, I think that's a great move. Yeah, and I think you could probably even get even more than A-Rob, the 105 for that one. Yeah, maybe somebody's not very high on Hollywood Brown or, or Monroe St. Brown or somebody like that. And then you can just take them to the woodshed, basically, if you get a deal like that for the 102. Absolutely. So uh, as Corey alluded to, we can move on to the next team. Uh, and that's going to be from Judoyo. So he says here, uh, some advice I, I might like uh, mostly includes what to do at 103 and 105. And he kind of mentions what his current plan is. So he mentions his current plan is Burks or London at the 103 and then at 105 picking between, you know, Wilson, Walker, a guy like that. So uh, what are your thoughts on the team? We'll talk about that draft strategy and kind of outline some of the deals he made as well. Yeah, so looking at his team, you guys can see he has Herbert and Mac Jones as his quarterbacks. He's got Kamara, Penny, not much else, um, you know, elite talent-wise at running back. Then you got Deontay Johnson, Godwin, uh, Marquise Brown, Adam Thielen, et cetera, at wide receiver, Darren Waller at tight end. And then you have picks um, 103, 105, like you said, 206, and then an earlier second in uh, 2023, but it doesn't look like he has his first round pick at that point. Doesn't have his first round pick in 2024 as well. So uh, let's start with the trades real quick, and then we'll go back to the um, the draft pick questions. He made a couple trades here. The first one, he received Deontay Johnson 105 and 106 in exchange for Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams and a 2023 second. So what are your thoughts on on that move there? Yeah, I mean, this is a no-brainer for me. Deontay Johnson and Devontae Adams aren't really too far off in Dynasty, in my opinion. Like, realistically here Deontay like, the 106 for for Devonte Adams in the second probably is pretty fair sure. value I would sure. say and, and I would probably I would lean the Deontay, Deontay side there yeah like I would probably lean the Deontay side but I mean realistically if we want to contextualize it let's just say that's fair value and then I would rather the 105 over Derrick Henry I understand everybody's going to come in the comments be like oh the, the, how are you fading the king I don't like 28 year old running backs coming off of severe lower body issues like, with, yeah, you know, 1700 career touches or whatever. Like, yeah, so. like uh, g- give me the 105. Give me a young, uh, young up and coming insulated wide receiver. That's going to go in the first round of the draft. Yeah, I agree. And then let's get to the second trade. He gets the yeah. 103 in an early second in exchange for Chase Claypool, the 106 and a yeah. 20, 23 third. So you basically trade up from the 106 to the 103 and give up Chase Claypool in the process. But you get a better, you know, second yeah. round, which is going to be, you know, early and you give up a third in exchange for that. So. I, I think the 106 versus the 103 
it depends on who's on the board. It might not be a huge difference in that pick. You might be looking at, you know, the, the number one wide receiver in the class versus, you know, a tier, you know, two wide receiver in the class or best case scenario, Wilson or Burks or, or yeah. London falls to one Oh six. So it really all is going to depend on who's on the board for you there, but I, I don't mind this trade at all. I mean, realistically here, you're giving yourself an outside shot at Malik or Brees. So right, the right. fact that, I mean, if we're equating this deal, I would say you want to equate Claypool to the early second. I think that'd probably be relatively appropriate early second, 2023 for Claypool. Let's just say that that evens it out. So if I only have to give up a 2023 third to at least give myself a chance at Malik or Brees, like I'm doing it in the worst case scenario. Oh, boo hoo. Like, I get like if Burks wide goes to Green Bay or Kansas City, like he's going to be the 103 or like, potentially the 102 or 101 for some like, people. And then you have a real yeah. chance at those other guys. I mean, the downside risk there. Oh, boo hoo. I lost a third. Big deal. Like if you are a dynasty manager and losing a third is realistically going to affect your long term standing in the league, like you got and even more if you're the highest that. on Chase Claypool yeah. that you can be, he's probably like a late first value at most for most Max. people. Yeah. Yeah. Max. So, uh, overall, uh, he also mentions here, uh, at that one Oh three and the one Oh five where he should be looking. Well, we kind of, I think I agree with his assessment. I think you should probably go with, you know, Garrett Wilson or sorry, uh, London or Burks at one Oh three, whatever one you value most. And again, if, if one of Brees or Malik Willis falls because one of those guys got like an elite landing spot or something, then by all means go with, um, the running back or the quarterback or the best available wide receiver. So I think that's, you know, you're pretty straight up there. And then at one Oh five, Garrett Wilson or Kenneth Walker, I think is also fine. If you want to go with the, the running back to fill yeah. out your running back core by all means, but I don't think I would force it. I personally would take Garrett Wilson, but I have no you know complaints with you. If you want to go with Kenneth Walker, because you have yeah. a you know pretty good wide receiver core and you need some running back help. No issues there. And I mean, in terms of looking at that team at that two of six, like you, you have your tight end situ situation settled out. Obviously it's going to depend on the quarterback texture. Cause I do think that the top five guys should relatively be gone by then. So it should be a wide receiver there. I mean, realistically here, you have a, a pretty solid overall wide receiver core. I mean, adding a Pickens, a Watson, whoever's going to be available at that 206, like no qualms there whatsoever. Just keep adding talent. Yeah, the one thing I will say is that at the 105, do you consider, you know, Sam Howell or something if he goes like 20th overall to the Steelers? It would have to depend on what happened around him, too. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Anyway, uh, that was just my only thing that I had yeah, there. Um, sure. We can move off of Judoyo's team. Let's get to Jay Heaves' team. Basically yep. wants to know what we thought of his trade. Uh, do you think his team is young enough to survive having no picks until 2024? And is his team good enough, uh, more importantly, to win it all? For The first thing I will say is when you have no picks, you don't really have a choice. You have to try and win. like Because yeah. you, you know, you're going to tank somebody else's pick. You're not tanking yeah. your own pick at that point. Cool. So. To um, me, this team can definitely win. Yeah, definitely good enough to compete. You guys can see he has his team here. Burrow, Stafford, and Zach Wilson, a super flex. Definitely a good quarterback core there. You got Javante Williams, Antonio Gibson, uh, A.J. Dillon, and some others there. Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore, and some others there. Uh, Calvin Ridley and Gallup, most notably. And then you got T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. But again, you don't have your first, second, or third, or any of your picks in the next two drafts. You don't really have a choice but to compete. Um, but I do think you can. I do think this is a team... That is, like he mentions, is his team young enough to survive until having no picks in uh, 2024? The only piece that you really have to worry about not being relevant, or pieces, I guess, would be Stafford and Devontae Adams. Everybody else should be, you know, Chase and Smith and Elijah Moore and Javante Williams and Gibson and Burrow and Wilson. They should all be still in their prime. Same with Hawkinson. He's a tight end. We don't expect him to fall off at age 27 or 28. So um, I, I think you're, you're, you're well set up to win now, and, and you should still be in okay shape by 2024. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I think the team's completely settled here. I mean, like you have a contending team. Don't worry about it. Just go try to win the next two years because, I mean, you have really no other choice with no draft capital. But overall, yeah, I mean, he also lists a trade here that I he actually asked me about in the DMs. And I absolutely love the side he gave here. Like I listen, uh, I get it. Like losing that first and third uh, is going to affect your long-term draft capital. But I mean, Chase is nearly unobtainable in Dynasty. And I, I personally think like realistically... AJB and those two picks at minimum are, are like are Chase. And even if I had Chase, I don't even know if I'd take that. Like that that yeah. is the type of insulation you get with Chase. So Chase, I mean, if we're equating the deal, Chase would be equal to AJB those two picks. And if we're looking at Lance and Kittle versus Burrow and Hawk, like that's a wash to me. And yeah, exactly. It, it's tough because like you got somebody to trade the Burrow and Chase stack, which is yeah. not going to be easy to do if you try and inquire about that. Um, so I, I probably would have like, you're, you're buying it high, which is, you know, something that is a little sketchy I don't even to think do, that's but high, man, yeah, I don't. It, it, I, I don't know, man. I think I prefer the other side of the trade. Okay. I, I love AJ Brown. I love, you know, George Kittle. I love Trey Lance. A big I difference think. between Brown and, and chase for me, brother. It, like, there's I, I a difference. Brown. There's definitely a sizable difference. I, I think it's probably like AJ Brown in the first is the difference between chase, uh, and AJ Brown for me, but uh, I, I think there is a pretty sizable difference between Kittle and Hawkinson, and Lance and Burrow is relatively close for me. But either way, I do think you know acquiring that huge you know Burrow and Chase stack is is going to be it, it's like acquiring the the Tyreek Hill and Mahomes stack in 2018 probably. Yeah, like, so like you're you're going to be in good shape. You, there. you are realistically like for what they did last year and Chase's rookie year, Burrow's second year. Like imagine trying to go buy the Mahomes Tyreek stack. In 2019, yeah, that's what I, I just said. I know, I know, no, but that was after they exploded. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah, we I get agree. a second year of Burrow and Chase doing this, like we could be looking at Burrow and Chase both. I mean, right now they're both top ten overall picks in Superflex, but we could be looking at them as maybe you know top seven guys. Like I could generally see from a market perspective, their values being at that level, and even if like getting both of them in the same deal is very, very tough to do. So overall, I, I really yeah. like your side there personally. Yeah. That's like the hardest thing to acquire in dynasty yeah. right now. The only like thing harder is like Kyle Pitts pretty much yeah. for most people. So <laughs> uh, let's move on to Tyler's team. The next team here, we got overall thoughts, next step to take Uh, pretty simple yep. here. Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston. It is a one quarterback league. So um, yeah. all you need is Josh Allen there. And you got Najee Harris, Javante Williams, JK Dobbins, uh, Michael Carter, AJ Dillon, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, very deep running back core. Uh, Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup, uh, Marquise Brown, OBJ, uh, Antonio Brown, I guess, and then uh, some others. Tight end, you got not not a whole lot of tight end. Tyler Higby is your top guy. Not a lot of draft capital this year, but you do have a first next year, two seconds, you know, third and a fourth, and then all your picks in 2024. So overall, looking at this team, what are your thoughts and uh, how are you proceeding? Yeah, I mean, like you're you're absolutely loaded and top in town. I mean, we're just talking about. Let's just talk about your starting lineup. Let's. I, he doesn't say how many people are in his starting lineup, but let's just say a standard quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, and we'll say two, two flexes, flexes, right? Josh Allen's quarterback one. Not locked and loaded. He's a quarterback one in Dynasty. Your two running backs and flex, at least one of them, is going to be Najee Harris, Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins. Your wide receivers and at least one of the flexes are going to be Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Marquise Brown. The only concern there would be Higby at tight end and 210? Like, 10-man league? Is it at all possible that maybe a McBride? Yeah, McBride, McBride is definitely worth that pick if he falls yeah. to that point. If people are going to be, you know, searching for running backs and taking, you know, uh, 
uh, Zamir White's and Brian Robinson's yeah. ahead of that 210, James then Cook. maybe, yeah, maybe you get a guy like Trey McBride to fall yeah. to you at that 210 pick. So that's probably where I'm looking with that pick. If not, if you go in, if you're getting close to the season, again, I, we don't want to talk about filling out your starting lineup in, you know, May or, or no. April or whatever. But once you get close to the start of the season, we now you want to trade a young piece like, um, the one guy that stands out to me on your roster that I might be shopping to go get a tight end would be Michael Carter before yes. the NFL draft. If you want to try and shop I Michael Carter with the expectation that they might add a running back in the draft, you might be able to get Noah Fant plus or, you know, Mike Isicki plus or Cole Komet plus or somebody like that. If you're looking for a tight end in that tier, if you want to go up and try and up tier even yeah. more so, and maybe take Michael Carter in your two ten and go after like TJ Hawkinson, you might be able to, to go after somebody like that. Maybe you can't get away with that, but that, I'm kind of just spitballing here. Yeah, or maybe uh, you know you could take Carter two ten in a future second, and maybe see if that lands you in the Kittle area. Like who knows? It might. Yeah, it might. Two seconds and Michael Carter might be enough to get you to George Kittle for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, overall, I mean, you can look into that, venture into that. I mean, the running back core would be what I would use because you got yes. you know an embarrassment of riches there, and Dylan and Carter would be the two that I would probably use to do that because they have the most value of the guys yeah. that you have, and Carter is the riskiest like proposition of holding after the NFL draft. So if you wanted to sell him for, you know, like we said, some of those tight ends in that middle tier would probably be what I'd be looking to do. But overall, you should be, you know, in a, a well set up to try and compete this year regardless. Yep. No, I agree with you there. Uh, yeah. And the next team is going to be from Michael here. And uh, the main questions he has are where should I go with my top picks early in the draft? And should I acquire a top tier quarterback? Well, I'll just quickly allude to your second question. Uh, should you try to acquire a top tier quarterback? Absolutely. Can you attain one that is yet to be seen? Yeah. Top tier quarterbacks are always hard to, to yeah. go after. It's they're just, they're gold in dynasty. And you got a team that is, you know, well set up to compete based again, the quickest way to tell if you're competing or rebuilding is look at your running back core. You have McCaffrey and Derek Henry. You're, you're competing. You don't really have a choice at that point in time. The one thing I would say is because you have a lot of future draft capital, I would gauge your market to see if you can punt this year and retool for next year and build yourself a much more sustainable team going forward because McCaffrey and Henry still have a, a pretty good amount of value. And there's a chance that a year from now they don't. So if you wanted to see what your league market is, is dictating, and maybe you can sell Christian McCaffrey for Antonio Gibson, a 2023 first, maybe you can sell uh Derek Henry for a 2023 first by himself and, and try and retool that running back core in the 2023 class to be able to fill out your roster. But you do have a lot of draft capital this year. You could grab, you know, a Kenneth Walker or something or, just continue to fill out your roster. But uh, that was just my initial thoughts yeah. looking at the and, roster. I mean, to be honest, like apart from a steady quarterback too, like this, this is a team that could compete. I think personally, especially with the draft capital that you have this year, especially with the capital that you can come in next year. Like realistically, if you want to take that next step, get a locked and loaded quarterback too on this team. Like, do you think if you offered out like a Carson Wentz and one Oh three, that you can move up to a roster Stafford? Maybe. Yeah. And, and you might even get lucky at 103 and Malik Willis might fall to you at 103. That, that would be you a can just scenario. add Malik Willis to yeah. this core. And then you got Rogers and Zach Wilson and Malik Willis, which yeah. I think is, is a perfectly fine core going forward. Yeah. Uh, there's a number of different directions you can go. You have a lot of flexibility here. Um, what I would probably do is if you can get yourself another quarterback and you don't really need one because you have three starters on your team, um, try and compete just, this year, maybe bite the bullet next year. If McCaffrey and Henry take a big dip in value, and use your 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 picks this year and your capital in next year's class to recoup your team and recoup that running back core. Because if you can win the championship this year, obviously, yeah, it makes it all worth it. I will I will say though, you mentioned uh, maybe sit on the quarterback core. I think if if you make that plan, like oh, I want to compete now, you have to go for that quarterback after you. Ha you like 
Russell Wilson to me would be the perfect fit for this team. If you can attain him again, if Willis is sitting on the board at one Oh three, you just fucking take Willis because the value is screaming there. But let's just say most drafts are going to see Hall and Willis go top two. If that happens, like as much, I love the, uh, this wide receiver class. Like you got to find core. Like realistically, again, I don't like drafting for need. I don't like trading or in general, like doing anything based on need, but Russell Wilson wouldn't just be for need. Russell Wilson is going to be a legitimate top 10 quarterback this year, which you're going to need to supplement with Rodgers if you want to win that championship. So Russell Wilson, Matt Safford type, obviously if Malik isn't available, you can look after that type. Other than that, I mean, you're very, very well positioned in both a longevity standpoint with the draft capital you've accumulated, along with having some win now pieces, Rodgers, McCaffrey, Chase, Andrews. But yeah, I, I, I like the way you're structured here. Yeah, I, I mean, I would like to go through all these trades, but I don't want to, you know, spend you know seven, eight, nine minutes on this team. But it looks sure. like from just cursory looks, it looks like you were able to take advantage of a league market that maybe is more redraft focused, which is why yeah. I tend to lean towards the side of seeing what you can get for McCaffrey 100%. and Henry, yep. just to see. Because if somebody's willing to give you two first rounders for for Christian McCaffrey, I'm probably going to take that and just yep. punt this year. And in 2023, my team will be dominant. I'll have all these young pieces in their primes, young running backs coming into the league. And I should be well set up for, you know, year one, year two, year three, year four, four year stretch of straight dominance in this league, as opposed to this year where you could win this year. But after this year, you might have to do another rebuilding year or two in between, even though you have a lot of draft capital. So um, that's pretty much my only thoughts on that. uh, Those rebuilding or those contending pieces, seeing what you can get for them. For sure. So uh, any other uh, anything else we should say here? Should we move on to the next team then? Uh, no, let's move on to the next team. All right. Uh, so we got actually Scooby's team, a 10-team, one-quarterback, half PPR league, where he can start nine. So I'll give you a little prelude. He says he's been a middle-to-bottom team for the past few years, decided to tear it down at the beginning of the season, and made trades one to four during last year's draft. Five and six were made midseason. Seven and eight have been this offseason. So, I mean, we'll look at the trades and then read the rest of the questions. So overall, what are your thoughts on uh, these trades? We'll yeah, again, please, I, I know you guys want us to review your trades, yeah. but eight trades is a lot for us to it's review a lot. in one episode. So um, if you can try and limit how many trades you want us to review to like three or four max, because we don't want to be spending too, too much time on one person's video, because yep. there's a lot of people that want to be on Dynasty 100%. Decision. So um, we'll we'll talk about these trades just quickly. So in the first trade in last year's draft, you give up the 104, you get the 103 this year in a 2023 first. That's, I mean, it's yeah. just, you easily, you fleece yeah. that guy. It's perfect yeah. example of people taking advantage or of you taking advantage of rookie fever last year and, you know, parlaying that into more first round draft capital in, in the coming years. Yeah. I mean, th- this is a no brainer. Like who was even the 2021 104? Like I can't even think off my head. Um, Would have probably, you probably would have had a good chance at, at chase Pitts or, or. Um, okay. So, I mean like either way, like it was still a really, really good piece. And unless somebody hit the absolute nuts and hit chase or pits. Like realistically, even if that was obviously most leagues, it didn't happen, but let's just say that was Lawrence. Like, I don't think, anyone, I think Lawrence was the consensus one-on-one. I think he was but like, let's just the- say hypothetically, cause obviously Lance pits and chase ended up equating to this value or more, but like, unless you hit one of those three at the one Oh four, like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, one four, you might've had a decent chance at it, but like, still like you had to have made that exact right pick. If you took an ETN or if you took a Devonte Smith, or if you took, you know, uh, Justin even Fields. like Justin Fields, like th- those players didn't end up equating value. And that was an arguably one of the best top end draft classes that we've seen in a while with chase being the wide receiver one pits being the wide receiver one Lance being the uh, top 10 quarterback. Like, 
everything ended up going right in that draft, particularly, and you still made good value with the deal, despite not knowing that ahead of time. Yeah, for sure. Um, the second trade here, I mean, Joe Mixon obviously had a great year this year and you sold him during the draft. So this Easy. one kind of hurts Easy a little bit at the time, but I still think the value in the long term probably plays itself out. Leonard Fournette for a second and a third. I think you probably lost that one, given what Leonard Fournette did this year and what he's going to do going forward. James Robinson, uh, the 305, 304 for the 104 this year. That's a great move, uh, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, even if James Robinson doesn't tear his Achilles, I think you you have a you have a phenomenal trade there. 2023 second for Deshaun Watson. That is, I mean, you, you fleece the dude. Like the guy clearly was so nervous about Deshaun Watson, had no idea what was going to happen, and you you got a top eight dynasty quarterback for for nothing essentially. Yeah, you got my 106 for the price of a 2023 20, second. Oh, cool! That 2023 20, second is such a deep class. Guess what? Give me fucking Deshaun Watson. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> then you got um, these other trades. I'm probably not going to review these because they're they're kind of complex, and we didn't yeah. review the last guy's trade. So I want to be a little bit fair here. But yeah. overall, um, what else do we have here? Just thoughts uh, on the rebuild. Any suggestions going forward? Um, yeah. I think you're in a great position. You got some some cornerstone pieces with Lamb, with with uh, Taylor, with Metcalf, with with Watson, and some of the quarterback uh, guys that you have there are still young yeah. as well. And then you have obviously a lot of draft capital this year, a lot of draft capital next year with five first round picks in two seconds or three seconds. Sorry. Um, so you're, you're in a great spot. Yep, absolutely. And he mentions his plan hall one Oh one wide receiver, heavy rest of the draft. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. This is going to be a very, very good team. Very, very soon. As soon as you're able to, you know, build out that RB core, build out the wide receiver core, and you have a ton of draft capital to be able to do it. So, uh, yeah, I, I fully love what you've been able to do here. Let's move on to the next team because we're running a little bit low on time, but we'll try to, you know, accommodate you guys as much as possible. We got Bong Dong Silver's team, 10 team, half PPR, one quarterback league with a uh, two flex spot. So he he details here specifically non-super flex. So main quarterback, Kyler, running backs, Chubb, Barkley, Akers, Running backs, ARSB, McLaurin, Galladay, et cetera, and tight end, he has pits, along with the 103, 203, 206, et cetera, for picks this year. So overall, when looking at this team, what are your main thoughts here? Yeah, he, he basically details. He feels like his running backs are pretty deep. I agree. Um, but yep. he also thinks a few of these guys are very volatile. Akers, Penny, Singletary, and even Stevenson a bit. Um, he basically says all didn't come on until later in the year. And for some, the year ended before I got a good feel of whether or not they are legit or flashes in the pan. Um, he also says, given that he has a weak wide receiver core, which is what I, I'd agree as well. You just have yep. really Amon Ross, St. Brown and McLaurin that are worth uh, much of anything. Yep. Um, he's been trying to figure out possible moves to make to land a quality wide receiver or two. I would say that you're going to get a quality wide receiver or two at 103 and 203 in this yep. year's draft, and you should be able to fill out your wide receiver core that way. But if you wanted to make a move, he basically has been trying to shop around Melvin Gordon and seeing what he can get for him because he hasn't signed yet. But he's also afraid that if he trades a guy like Akers or Penny and they end up being legit, then it's a then it's a huge waste. But what I'd be doing if you're looking to Chubb. acquire a veteran wide receiver, and again, I don't think you need to. I think at 103, 203, and 206, you can get only wide receivers with those picks. This draft class is is strong at wide receiver. You should be able to get, let's say, Traylon Burks at 103. Uh, at 203, you get um, you know, David Bell or George Pickens or somebody, whatever guy that you value in that area. And then at 206, you might still be able to get a solid wide receiver prospect like, you know, Justin Ross or even, you know, a high draft capital like John Mechie or something at the very worst case scenario. And you could uh, fill out your wide receiver core that way. But if you did want to make uh, a trade, what I'd be probably looking to do is package two of your running backs together. I'd probably Nick be Cubs. looking to package like Penny and Singletary or Penny and Gordon and see if you can go out and acquire a, a young wide receiver with some upside or a veteran wide receiver 
that um, can give you a good, you know, production baseline. If you can trade Rashad Penny and Melvin Gordon, and maybe you have to throw a pick in like the 303 and get Michael Thomas, then you're in, you're in a good spot. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the one that's glaring to me is Nick Chubb. Like, yeah, Nick Chubb move, is also a guy that we're, you know, actively selling yeah, as well. So yeah, especially in a, in a more casual league, if you can net a haul of either picks or, you know, a veteran wide receiver and a pick or whatever. I mean, Chubb has a ton of relative value in more casual leagues because of his standing in real life. People know, okay, this is one of the best in real life running backs. It should be netting me fantasy points. Well, guess what? It doesn't really net you a lot of fantasy points, might I add. But if you can move him for, you know, top Pittman, 10 level Marcus value, which is, yeah, I mean, like he has top 10 level value for a lot of lot of players. So some players might have him as like their RB7, RB8 in Dynasty. If you can move yeah, you, him, you might be able to get, you know, like, Chubb in the 303 for Deontay Johnson or something like that. Yeah. And like you might be able to, to steal away a stud wide receiver like that or DJ Moore or, you know, somebody in that, you know, range, maybe Godwin or Diggs or something if they, they have a, you know, a younger team or something. So you have a lot of options here. He says he's planning on taking Drake London at 103. Uh, or best of uh, wide yep. receiver available based on landing spot. That is exactly what I would do because Drake London is my wide receiver one. Um, and, you know, if Burks goes to the Packers or something like that, then I would probably take Burks over him. But for the most part, Drake London will likely be my 103 post-draft as well. So I think I think you're well set up. I think you kind of know what you're doing going forward. Uh, but I would, like Danny said, see what you can get for Chubb, see what kind of wide receiver value you can get there. And if you can't get good wide receiver value there, see if you can package two of your, like, hopeful running backs and maybe upgrade at wide receiver as well. Yep. No, I, I fully agree with that assessment. I know I say fully agree a lot, but I mean, that was a, a very, very well conducted assessment. But either way, we can go on to the next team. That's going to be from Gus Buster. And he basically just outlines a recent startup. He's been in a 12-team Superflex tight end premium startup. Just finished just drafting, drafting this team. He kind of wanted to know our thoughts. And he says here, tried out going zero RB and didn't draft my first running back until round eight. What are your thoughts? Looking at this, this is team, a Danny team. If like, I've this ever is, seen one, this is beautiful. This is such a beautiful team. I mean, you have all your picks in 2023 and 2024. You built out that wide receiver gore. You're talking CD Lamb, T Higgins, DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, Marquise Brown, Jameson Williams, Sky Moore. Like, I can see like literally Danny would draft this team. Like everybody that he loves, (laughs) CD Lamb, DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, Marquise Brown, Jamison Williams, like all these dudes is exactly who Danny would draft. It's actually hilarious. And the the fact is too, like for going zero RB, like Fournette's going to be a top fifteen running back this year. Hunt's going to give you some quality RB two. Gordon and Mostert have some upside depending on how they how they do too. So yeah, I do think you (laughs) like Fournette should be an anchor for you. He should be good enough this year from a redraft perspective to be an anchor running back for you. And I think you can supplement RB two production between the other three guys. Um, and obviously your flex spots are going to be occupied by, by wide receivers for the most part. And it's a tight end premium. You got yeah. Mark Andrews um, <laughs> as well. So, and I actually really like what you did with the rookie quarterbacks too. I've, I've seen a lot of people do this when you do a, a startup draft with rookie QBs, take a shot on both like two rookie quarterbacks, like Sam Howell and Ritter yeah. as your quarterback three or Sam Howell and, you know, corral as your quarterback three. And then you can piece together a quarterback three behind, Burrow and Wilson, who I think are, are pretty locked and loaded top 15 guys for sure. And he, and he mentions what do like, where do I go from here? Like I looking at this team, you accumulated a ton of value. Like if you notice and next year, you can add running backs in yeah. next year's class, which will be a better and more strong running back class. So if you pick, 100%. let's say you're playing with house money this year and you, you fall short of the playoffs. So you get bounced in the first round and you're picking one Oh eight, one Oh nine next year. And you can get a Sean Tucker or something like that. Yep. Then you should be in a good position to, to compete like for real, for real in 20, 
uh, 23 once, you know, Wilson's yeah. up to speed and maybe your rookie quarterbacks are full on starters as well. And uh, some of your wide receivers are in their primes. 100%. I, I just want to quickly say to you, uh, appreciate you for listening to our advice. Cause I mean, this is clearly a, like, a if you told me Danny drafted this team, <laughs> I would totally think that he did hundred percent. But uh, either way, enjoyed uh, this episode. Enjoyed going through all of your teams. If you made it this far and you've enjoyed as always hit that like button helps us grow and subscribe to the channel. We're currently at about 9650, I believe last time I checked. So give or take around there. So if you haven't already subscribed and you've been watching us for a while, just hit that damn button. It helps us a lot. Yeah, we definitely appreciate all of you guys that are subscribed. If you are, um, if you guys are subscribed and you watch all of our videos, make sure the second you, you open a video of ours, you hit the like button immediately comment, anything down below. Like if you have nothing to comment, comment the word, anything, it helps us in the YouTube algorithm. Ask us a question. Just say you enjoyed the video. It doesn't matter. It'll help us regardless. So if you have nothing to comment, we appreciate if you just comment anything if you need to. For sure. Comment anything. But either way, appreciate you guys. Enjoy your day.